At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. What's next? Today is the 28th day since the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus was, this year was, that we, where we celebrated it, was the 17th of April, and this has been 17, or this has been 28 days since he was resurrected. And in, in, back in the, in the day when he was really resurrected, uh, over 2,000 years ago, that day, um, he, he was resurrected and then spent 40 days on the planet, manifesting himself to his disciples, and then helping them to understand what he had said for three and a half years. Um, do you think that maybe he got their attention in the fact that they knew he went in the grave, they knew he died, they knew he breathed his last breath, they knew that the stone was rolled over where the grave was, and there was not much way for that to open up, and, and then here he is uh, on the third day, and several of them saw him, several women saw him, then <clears throat> Peter and John saw him, and several others did, and then others were told that they saw him and they didn't believe, and so he spent 40 days on the planet helping them to believe everything that he had spoken for three and a half years. Today, we have the Holy Spirit that was inside of him, and that same Holy Spirit is revealing to us and showing us and reminding us of everything that he said during his earthly ministry. That's what we have account of. We have the account of the Old Testament and everything that was prophesied about Him coming. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's account of their, their accounts of Him on the earth when He was here for His three and a half years of earthly ministry. We have other of His disciples and the Apostle Paul that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament that wasn't one of the original twelve, but over time became one. And we have his accounts and him talking about everything that happened in the life of Jesus and then him about him applying that uh, in his own life. We have Luke's account of what we're going to talk about today of the book of Acts, um, of everything that happened from the time he left. Uh, Acts 1 uh, one through three, I'll just read that. It says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen 
to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. That's what he was talking about. He was here talking about the kingdom of God. The song that we sang earlier, um, that he is my future. He's my hope. I was made for him. I was created for him. You and I were created for him because we were created to operate his kingdom in the earth. I want you to think about that every time you sing that song in the future. You were created for Him to operate His kingdom in the earth. You and I were created for Him to operate His kingdom in the earth. And today, in our What Next series, we're talking about what has to be next in our lives today. The whole earth is waiting on the church to believe everything that Jesus said. You don't need to look anywhere else than the Bible for what you need to be successful in this life, but first and foremost, to be a part of causing the kingdom of God to succeed. You know what's difficult with that statement? Is that that sounds like He needs us for His kingdom to be successful. And that's absolutely right. We're not talking about heaven. We're not talking about He needs us to help Jesus fulfill what He fulfilled on the earth. That's already done. He's already done everything. Now what He needs is people to know Him, to know how to hear from Him, to know how to operate in the authority that He's given us in the earth. He needs us to believe that everything that He said was real and that it still works today. Because we are the enforcers. We've been created to enforce what He's already accomplished. And if we don't get that, the rest of it's a wash. I mean, He did what He did. Where is Jesus right now? Right hand of the Father. Nobody's going to mess with that. Where is the Holy Spirit here on the earth to live inside of us so that we can implement in the earth everything that right hand of the Father says is so? And if we don't get it, then we trample underfoot what He has accomplished. If we don't get it. We have to get it. He was here for 40 days. I mean, 
some of them kind of saw him and they still didn't believe. Philip says, let me, let, let, let me see the, the, the holes. If I can put my fingers in the holes in his hands and see the, the, the mark in his side, then I'll believe. And Jesus said, well, you know, that's good. I, I mean, I think a five-year-old could do that. But what's really important and what he really needs is for people to believe what he said, even if you don't see it. I'll say it again. What he really needs is for people to believe even when they don't see it. That's the kingdom of God. You believe it, you operate in it, you walk in it, even when you don't see things as so. So that you can see things that, you, that God has put in your heart to see. <clears throat> A little farther down in Acts 1, in, well, in the fourth verse, the next verse, I want to read a few verses here. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. This is Luke's account of Jesus before he ascended. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? See, they're, they're still not getting it. They're still not getting it. And um, when I was, when I first got born again, there were a lot of people in the church world talking about the rapture of the church. And then there was a big argument over, is the church going to be raptured out? Uh, is, it, is, it a, is it a pre-trib rapture of the church? Is it a mid-trib? Is it a post-trib? Is it a non-trib? Is it a whatever trib? You know? <clears throat> and, and finally, after all the arguing and the bickering and everything that went on concerning that that I saw for a number of years, I believed in the pan-trib. It's going to all pan out in the end. Amen? <clears throat> because notice what Jesus says here. Notice what he says to them in answering them. That they're, that what, what they're still looking for is somebody to fly in on a white horse and whip the Romans. That's what they're still after at this point. He's going to fly in and take care of the Romans because that's what they thought it was going to be. And he said this. He said, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in His own authority. I can promise you this, based on Scripture, Jesus is coming back. Amen? <laughs> He's coming back, and you and I, if you're born again today, you will live eternity in heaven. You will live, heaven is a real place, it is our destination, and you will live there for eternity. But listen to me, Jesus doesn't even know when He's coming back. Did I, did I read that? Did I read that right? 
It's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in His own authority. Only Father knows. So, my encouragement to you is have faith every day that Jesus is coming back, but don't spend a whole lot of time trying to figure out when. Did you hear me? Not for you to know. Doesn't matter. Just listen, and I'm just going to quote a couple of different scriptures in the Bible. It's the parable of the unjust judge. When the Son of Man comes, everybody say, When? when. He's coming. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? So when he comes, you and I need to be caught living by faith, trusting him. And that is. That comes from developing a relationship with him day to day and living that way. That's what he spent 40 days trying to make sure the best he could that they were getting the things that he taught. Everybody say, they got it. Yeah, they did. They got it. But you shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, Kerrville, and the end of the earth. Amen? Amen. That's what he said. <clears throat> and at that time, he went up, he ascended up on high, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. The group there, uh, because of uh, Judas and what he did and his removal of the, of the 12, there's only 11. They nominated Matthias to be the 12th disciple because the Scripture said that they would do that, that that would happen and that they would do that. Then in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, we see the day that the Holy Spirit came upon them. I want to read in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We're not here to talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying and speaking in other tongues as they did. That's been going on for over 2,000 years since this very day of Pentecost, since this day, since this day, that's been happening in the earth. But all the people around them at this point were amazed, and many of them confused, not realizing what had happened. And then many of the people in the Scripture here, if you were to read on from that, this passage here, many of them made fun of them, you know, accused them of being drunk. Accused them of, you know, drinking too much wine. They're a bunch of idiots, and, and on and on and on. And Peter stands up, and he begins to preach and begins to explain to them in this moment, watch this, as he's filled with the Holy Spirit, he begins to have understanding of the previous three and a half years like he had never had before. Why? Because of the Spirit of God inside of him now, right? Spirit of God 
consumed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve gave that away through the deception of the enemy. For 4,000 years, the Spirit of God was hovering, was present, was upon them, but not inside of mankind. When Jesus came back, He set the stage for this day. And on that day, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit because they did what He said, and they went to the room, and they tarried for 30 days, and they waited. And that day came, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, when people were confused, people were angry, people were accusing them of all kinds of things, Peter stands up under the anointing of God by the person of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit's job in the earth is to reveal all truth to us. And he stands up and he begins to preach. And, and in his preaching, he rebuked them. And then he encouraged them to believe. He rebuked them. And he encouraged them to believe. <laughs> you know, if it would have just been Peter. And there was no Holy Ghost. He would have stood up and said, you know, you bunch of losers, you know what? Where's the sword? We're fixing to take you all out. I mean, he'd have gone after them. They're the ones that killed Jesus. But now all truth's been revealed to him. Truth is being revealed to him in the moment. And he, yes, rebukes them, makes them aware they're the ones that took him out. But in a later passage, he says, but I understand that you didn't realize what you were doing. And now today, I'm encouraging you to believe. And in verse 21 of Acts chapter 2, and it came to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what he told those people that day. And 5,000 people were added to the church, just right like that. Several more thousand in a few days and weeks. Many, 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 many more were added to the church in that time period. <clears throat> and then, in this passage right here, and I, and I want to read the last six verses in Acts chapter 2. Um, he gets, this is where, and this is, what I, I, this is what I'm talking about today, what I want to get to is, he begins to start the process of what's next. This is where he begins to take on a leadership role, especially he and John begin to take leadership roles of teaching them about what's next. Okay, we know what's happened in the previous three and a half years, and there were the twelve Matthias was part of the 82, the 12, and the 70. He was part of that group. So he was there pretty much the whole time that the rest of them had been, not in every situation, but, but the majority of it. Then there were the 500 that followed him everywhere, different groups that followed him and that were with him all the time. And so now he's beginning to teach them, and now they have all these converts. And 
he's beginning to share with them, now we've got to step into what's next. We can't be focusing on just whatever's happened in the past. And I'm telling you folks, it's that way today in our lives. You know, we're living in a world that we were not living in two and a half years ago. The United States of America is not the same United States of America that it was two and a half years ago. It's not. It's a different world. Different ways of thinking. All kinds of different types of people that are, that are moving into this country in, in, in illegal ways, but yet the government is allowing it. There's things like that going on. But listen to me. They're people. Did you hear me? Everywhere, they're people. I don't care whether you like it or not. They're people. And if we don't, as the church, step into the what's next with God's kingdom... If we're sitting around thinking, well, you know, we're just waiting for everything to get like it used to be, it ain't ever going to be like it used to be. And I'm just telling you right now, that's actually a good thing. If, if we step into the kingdom of God and we become the enforcers of the kingdom, listen, this kingdom is invisible. What's difficult about the kingdom of God is when you live on the earth and you have to obey the word of God and you've got to obey the laws of the land. And it's difficult to balance this whole process. It's difficult. And you could say, well, you know, it's just too difficult. Not for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> No, no, no. We're talking about the one that knows everything about everything, and he lives inside of me. He lives inside of you. We have no excuse. The days of excuses and playing the victim card, over with for me. I mean, I didn't play a lot of victim card, but, but I'm just saying. Days of excuses, well, you know, it's just too hard and it's just too this. No, 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 not, not where the kingdom is concerned. Because, see, I was made for him. And I was made to be a leader in the kingdom. And so was everybody else. We were created to lead the kingdom of God in the midst of things that are going on. And, and today, in the world that we live in, it, it, it looks like, at times, that there is no hope. People vacillating from one mindset to the other. It's amazing how somebody can say one thing this year, and the, the next year they're, they're totally different. And you put your faith in people. And if you even put your faith in a country, you will be let down. How many are grateful for the United States of America? Man, I am grateful. I'm telling you, I am so grateful for this great. But my faith isn't in this country. My faith is in God. Who established this country through godly principles and everything. And we will fight for that. But we've got to fight for it the right way. 
Your battle is not with flesh and blood. And man, you've got to figure that one out. You've got to figure it out. And I mean, you've got to be adamant at figuring out that my battle is not with flesh and blood. And every time I start blaming humanity as part of the problem, I'm getting off. And you know what the Holy Ghost does? This is the picture I have. When I get focused on the natural, then the Holy Spirit just kind of sits down. He's been sent here to reveal all truth to us, to be a comforter to us, to be a a stand-in for us, to be a helper for us, to do all these things. But when I get in the flesh and I try, I start seeing the battle as in the flesh, then I'm working it out and he sits. Because he will not force his way in to your and my life. We have to allow him in. And there's several words that people that are doers don't like. Like patience, hmm? long-suffering. Really don't like the suffering part, but the long-suffering, you know, that's even, that's even worse. Taking the time to develop your hearing, your spiritual ears, to hear the voice of God. Most people don't think they can even hear God. I know that's the truth. People won't admit it, but they really don't think they can hear God. Because if you believed you could hear God, then you're not going to do anything till you hear from Him. That's what you have to practice and develop to be an enforcer in the kingdom. Remember, it's an invisible kingdom that lives in a visible world. I'll say it like this. It's an invisible kingdom that lives in another visible kingdom. And he gives us instructions in the word about how to live in this kingdom. You can like it or not like it, but he tells you to pay your taxes. Yeah, but you know, you don't know, man, where those taxes go and those people are crooked. It has to do with you. It has to do with you being willing. Did you hear what I said? It tells you to obey the laws of the land and submit to those who are in authority. And the way I look at it, I just give you what I'm, where I've worked through this process. I'm going to do what authority tells me to do unless it's illegal, it's immoral, or it goes against the word. And then, if it's any of those three, I've got to hear the voice of God about how to navigate through that thing. That's the way I do it. You know, they're telling me the you know, if, if, if the mayor of Kerrville said uh, all men are supposed to wear purple coats from now on when they go out in the community, well, that's not illegal. Seems kind of immoral, <laughs> but, you know, it <laughs> doesn't go against the word. I mean, I, I, it, that, there's nothing in that that goes against the word if they're asking me to put on. But, but if that's a ploy to get control of my life and then something else comes and it's illegal, those kind of things, then I've got to navigate that. I can't just say, no way. I've got to hear, God. I've got to hear still have to hear from God. So we're part of an invisible kingdom living in a visible kingdom that's corrupt to the core And it's going to always be that way because of fallen mankind. 
And yet, are we working to clean it up? Absolutely. But we've got to clean it up the kingdom way, not our fleshly way. And you've got to line yourself up with that. If you don't, if you don't, then you'll be part of the problem. And I don't want to be a part of the problem. In Acts 2 and verse 32. Well, before I, before I read that, I, I want to read this other verse. Um, I, I just want to say this before I finish this part. Um, with the early church and the things that we're reading about them, things happened really quickly. Some amazing things happened in the first five years of the early church, 10 years of the early church, 15 and even 20 years of the early church. But as the original guys begin to, to be gone and left the planet, however long that took, things weren't passed on. Ways of thinking about the kingdom were not passed on because what Jesus taught his 12 and the 70 and whoever was with him in those 40 days, the 500, he was teaching them about the kingdom of God. And in that time, as he was teaching them about the kingdom, they began to implement it in a supernatural way, and it was fantastic. But then over time, it began to wane. And within a hundred years, it was like, what's the church? What is the church? And at different times through the years, there's always been a resurgence of the church, and it's come back. And one of the things I feel like today that the church has learned is that we've got to pass it on to the next generation. And right now, we've got to embrace and realize that this life is not just about me and my success. It's about me being successful in the kingdom and passing that on to the people around me. I'm making sure from my daughters to younger people that I'm around at different times that I'm passing that on. Not just telling them what to do, but explaining them how to get the job done. How to step out and, and begin to live by faith. And it's the trust and confidence in God that waned in the early church. I love this verse found in Proverbs 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart rely on Him to guide you, and He will lead you in every decision you make. Verse 6, become intimate with Him. Become intimate with Him. Become intimate with Him in whatever you do, and He will lead you wherever you go. That's what was lost then, and at different times through the history of the church in the last 2,000 plus years, where things began to appear like they were not going to work, then there was a resurgence. But it always happened that people didn't trust God. When you quit trusting God and you start looking to man or trying to figure it out on your own or trust your own abilities, that's where the problems begin to set in. Amen? And in Acts 2 and 32, 
This is what happened as a result. This is, this is kind of the ending of P- Peter's preaching. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He poured out this which you now see and hear. Because Peter's explaining. He's getting them to understand what had happened. For David did not ascend into the heavens, King David, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. So the Father said to Jesus, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. That's you and I. He's at the right hand. We're sitting there with him. He represents us. But the but the enemies get under his feet when we become the enforcers. Did you hear me? When we become the enforcers of his kingdom in the earth, then the enemy gets under his feet. And David had prophesied before of old. He said, the Lord said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, he reminded them again, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit For the promise is to you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. Man, I I, I really encourage you to spend some time on the absolutes that he talked about in that message that he ministered to those people right there. In those last verses there, or or some of the last verses of of Acts chapter 2. Some of the things that he said in the first message from the day of Pentecost on in encouraging them about who Jesus is, how you get over issues. You repent, you you get on top of the situation, and you move forward. Amen? He continued to say this to the church to prepare them for what's next. Now, just listen to me in chapter 3, and I'm going to read this as I I bring this to a close. I want to read this in... Acts chapter 3, starting with verse 1, because here lies the what's next. Here is the what's next that Peter was sharing with the people, with, with the 500 and everybody else that got saved. This is what was next right here in Acts chapter 3. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame with, from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put aside, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. When Peter, when when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The, the lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver and gold for you. But I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Doesn't that sound similar to another guy in that same kind of condition? 
Remember at the, at the uh, pool of Bethesda? Remember what Jesus said during his earthly ministry? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is bringing to Peter's remembrance of what happened there, and now there's this situation. Watch this. But, but man, look what Peter did. When I get to heaven, I'm going to thank Peter for making this point right here at the beginning of the church. Because it's what I believe today, and I'm so grateful for it, that I believe this today, but it, it, it brought clarity to what they were actually doing. They were enforcers of the kingdom of God. They were enforcing what Jesus had already accomplished and done. He says this. Um, so he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand, and he helped him up. Jesus didn't do that. The man stood up on his own at the pool of Bethesda. He didn't do that. But Peter puts his hand out, and he pulls him up. Why? Because that's what the Holy Ghost said. Similar to what happened with Jesus, but the Holy Spirit said something different. Um, and as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, he began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with him. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. Peter saw his opportunity and he addressed the crowd. One translation said, Peter saw that he had a group of people to preach to. Yeah. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? People, Peter knew his thought, he knew his, his mistakes. He knew the things in his life that were wrong. But you know what? In his mind now, because of the Holy Ghost, he wasn't disqualified. He was qualified. And he said, and he said, and why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, who brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate. He reminded him again. Despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. He's really driving it home. You killed the author of life, even more, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this fact. Watch this. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Faith in Jesus' name. I, I like the Passion translation of that verse 16. This is the Passion on verse 16. He said, Faith in Jesus' name has healed this man standing before you. It is the faith that comes through, watch this, it is the faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name that has made the crippled man 
walk right in front of your eyes. What's next today in the world that we live in? Faith in the name of Jesus. The name that's above every name. Somebody give me a name of something. Just yell it out. Cancer. Cancer. The name that is above every name. This man that walked, this wasn't Jesus. People, people will say, well, you know, you, you're, you're trying to be like Jesus. Yeah, we are trying to be like him. That's what Peter was doing. He was trying to be just like him based on what the Holy Spirit was telling him to do. The what's next is faith in the name of Jesus. Somebody give me another name. Something demonic. Have authority over demon spirits. Somebody give me another name. Poverty. We have authority in the name of Jesus over poverty. We know that in the Word of God. Somebody else? Huh? Fear. We have authority over fear. Is that right? But in the name of Jesus. See, but we have to believe that when we got born again, we inherited, we inherited the authority of the name of Jesus. When you got born again a second time spiritually, and you accepted Jesus in your life, along with that, in that inheritance, came the authority that is attached to His name. So now you have power of attorney to His name to do everything He says you can do. And that's why we have to know the Word. We have to know the Word. Because everything that He says is mine and that is for all of mankind, I have to purpose to do whatever it takes to make sure that through the name of Jesus, I live on top of that. Other people live on top and, and overcome the issues or obstacles or the things in their lives that it appears like they can't overcome. Somebody else give me another name. What? Hatred. 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 Jealousy. Envy. Strife. Division. Somebody else another name. Stress. Stress. Ooh, ooh. Does the authority of the name of Jesus, do you have authority over stress? Having the authority of the name of Jesus? Yeah, but we have to know how to implement that. Another name. Mental illness. His name is above every name. And what Peter said is, why are you staring at us like because like we're something? I'm telling you today, anything that happens in and through your life is not because of you. It's because of what he did, and you just obeyed what he did, and it happened. We take ownership of the fact that he's given us that authority, but all the credit goes to who's sitting at the right hand of the Father. All authority, all power, all dominion, all of it. It's yours and mine. Can you say amen? I like what that verse 16 said in, in the Passion Translation. It is the faith that comes 
through believing in Jesus that has made this crippled man walk and that makes the cancer leave and it makes the stress leave and the hatred go and the fear go and the this and the that and everything else go. It's believing that through the power of that name, those things have no right to remain. Not denying the fact that you're struggling with that. That's lying. But letting whatever that is in your life know it does not have the right to remain. And the more I stand in faith concerning that, the more I believe that, the more I exercise that, then I see those kind of things falling everywhere I go. That's why we pray for people every day. That's why we pray the Word over people every single day. Because the more you pray for others, the more you speak over others, the more you believe in the authority that's in that name. Because no prayer is effective without saying, in the name of Jesus. Every, every time I go before the Lord in prayer, I always start it out like this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask, I declare, I intercede, I'm whatever. But it's always, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I come before you today in the name of Jesus, declaring, that this illness, this sickness, this thing coming against this person, that person has no right to remain in the name of Jesus. Yeah, but pastor, what if nothing changes? That's not, that's not on me. It's not on me to make something happen. He said in His Word, if I believe, things will come to pass. Especially when I'm praying that in my own life and people in my world it's not as strong when you're dealing with the will of another person, but who's going to back up and say, well, you know, I'm not going to pray because, you know, their will is involved. Yeah, their will's involved, but what about my faith and my prayers and the things that I'm declaring, helping their eyes to be opened up so that they can see clearly, and then they get in faith with what I'm believing, and the two of us together see things happen and change. It's a lot of work, folks. <laughs> Most people don't want to work that hard. If I'm going to be truthful, most people don't want to work that hard. Too busy with the rest of life. And listen, who isn't busy? This series right here, I, I told my wife one day, she, she, was, she and I were talking about it, and she, she mentioned to me about, about what happened after the resurrection. And I, and I told her, we were talking about it, and I was thinking, the way I'm living my life right now is I want the anointing that was on the early church in those first days and weeks and months and years, I want that same anointing to be on our life, but it be a present anointing. I'm not, I'm not yearning for the old days of the early church. That was that. But they're believing. Peter's believing right here. He did the same thing Jesus did. He did the same exact thing Jesus did. Other than grabbing the guy's hand and jerking him up, but his ankle bones, everything went back into place. He'd been there for years. They'd seen him at that beautiful gate, begging for money. And now, 
I'm just saying. If Peter can do it, I can do it. If Peter can believe in the authority of the name of Jesus, then I can because it wasn't just for Peter. It was for me too. It was for you also. It was for each and every one of us. But we've got to do everything that it takes to believe. And if we don't, and we don't deal with a lethargic attitude that we might have concerning the Word and understanding the presence of God and being able to hear the voice of God because it's too difficult, then you'll never see it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.